Testing one, two. Hi, everyone. My name is Shirara Razalike, and welcome to my podcast, Inyere, all about going behind the scenes with creatives and having powerful conversations on pressing matters. Thank you so much for clicking on this episode. Today, I have a jack of all trades with me. She has done everything, really. <laughs> she's, <Wow>. a <laughs> she's a skincare expert and the co-founder of a company called Skin Library UK. She's an author at Galdem Zine, and she has photographed the likes of Visayo Longe, Odunsi, and many more. Her name is Abiola Rene. Thank you so, so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, that was such a lovely introduction. I was like, wow, I didn't even know I'd done all of that stuff. <laughs> no, wow. I'm, you're so inspiring, honestly. I don't know how you do it. Wow, I still don't either. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's really my pleasure. So I wanted to start off by asking you where your passion for skincare originated. Um, it's a funny one. And I would say, honestly, and truthfully, it came from my mother. Um, she's been all about health and wealth and nutrition growing up. Um, she's always looking deeper. What are the ingredients? What is in something before we use it? Uh, so that kind of grew my love for skincare and honestly I'm so bad at makeup so <laughs> I thought that I might as well have better skin so I don't need to wear it as much yeah. so that's kind of where the initial passion grew and then um, where it came to a point of where I wanted to start a company for it is going it's kind of falling into it going into a country where I thought their um, philosophy around skincare was just outstanding and just something mm -hmm. so inspiring and I just kind of wanted to bring a dose of that to the UK but there was not a way of doing that without bringing their products what yeah. they have chosen to formulate and develop into the country at the same time so it's kind of like a passion project that turned into this business so just to clarify the country you're talking about is Korea yes South Korea yes okay so um why skin library like what what is the story behind it Okay, so initially I went to Korea in 2016 and it was for a photography job for a fashion designer. And I told my mom and she was like, you're not going on your own, so <laughs> you have a to get for two, let's go now. So she went and while I was doing my work during the day, she'd kind of explore. She, you know, as my very Nigerian of us, we can't come back home empty-handed. So she was just looking for little novelties <laughs> and little stuff to bring back. So she stumbled across this strip that was dedicated to skincare called Myeongdong and it just had really great just cheap products but the quality when the um, sales assistants would talk about it they'd talk about it with such passion and she was just really invested she brought back loads of products and she kind of explained to me the ingredients um, from the way they explained it to her mm -hmm. and then I tried it and I just fell in love and then when we came back we just gave it to family and friends and they were like oh do you have more I love the sheet mask concept do you have more of it I love this and that so it became a really um, just a thing that just kind of blew into this thing, okay, why don't we have it? And I had a friend out there at the time, and she was coming to London. So I was like, oh, can you bring me more products? So when she mm -hmm. came, she was like, I'm so surprised, like, because obviously our, skin, our skincare is doing really well in America and Australia. I'm so surprised it's not here in the UK. And I was like, okay, why don't we do it? And she was like, yeah, why don't we do it? So that's how it came became like a passion project. Mm -hmm. And then for Skin Library specifically, I was like, 
I didn't like to do things half-heartedly. So I was like, okay, I could bring Korean beauty, but then that just even raises so many more questions because mm. it's Korean beauty, but why should I use it? What is Korean beauty? Mm. Why should I use products on my skin? Why do, do I need 10 steps? Do I need five? So the kind of, um, like... I would say the ethos behind Skin Library is that, okay, we'll give you skincare, but we'll also give you knowledge at the same time. So even mm. if you don't come and shop with us, you leave more informed in, than you came. So, yeah. Yeah, because I know um, for Korean skincare, I've heard of the 20-step routine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. I've never heard of that. I think wow. that's like the most common one. I don't know. Yeah. I just heard that I there's like 20 steps. Yeah, I think it's ten. The one I'm common that's common that was coined was ten, mm-hmm. um, and that in it's, it's it's dependable on some people. But even the ten steps, you wouldn't really use it every day. It's kind of like at the most you would ever use is ten, and you kind of would pick and choose from which steps you feel like apply to you on certain days. It's kind of more of like a guideline mm-hmm. as opposed to like a rules, a set rules to follow and steps to follow. Yeah, yeah. And you were talking about the questions that you guys answer, like why korean beauty and why should they use it so do you mind answering some of them now yeah okay so what is korean beauty first and foremost is that it's something that i would say is more about the innovation the low quality uh, the good sorry the innovation the great quality the price point um and the fact that it's just developed in a country that has one of the fastest growing um beauty research and development labs in the world you have like the big companies like l'oreal um and unilever setting up shop in and and using manufacturers from korea because of how advanced and developed they are and i feel like if it's something if we look at korean um history their you know their culture has a big plays a big part in the way they live and a part of that culture is the way they take care of themselves Mm -hmm. so they believe in a skin first makeup second philosophy and i just thought that was so revolutionary in in a society that was kind of telling you to you know um makeup can be an escape and can be a form of self-care but it was kind of i feel like western society was always telling you to cover up as opposed to use it to express yourself so i was kind of like okay strip that back you know why should we put this on our skin and what's more important um for us in the long term it's about get you know developing a really good skincare routine that works for you because everyone has individualized skincare so i think that's kind of like what korean beauty is and how it's separated from like french beauty or you could say african beauty is just the research and development the really great quality for such a low price point um and why korean beauty is again all of those things i feel like you know you'd want something that well you weren't breaking the bank on to get so mm. you could have more trial and error i do believe your skincare is not a destination it's a journey mm. so you would try and test products but that gives you the the opportunity to try and test products with different ingredients to see what your skin loves and what skin doesn't love because sometimes you have that cult product that everyone on instagram is raving about mm-hmm. you try it and it just doesn't bang and you're just like what is the problem <laughs> but sometimes the yeah. ingredient just doesn't work and doesn't coincide with your skin so it's about having that option to you know try and error products that are great quality um and i feel like they're always listening to consumers in korea you know they have these really advanced platforms called powder room and get it beauty it's mm-hmm. focused on a conversation around beauty and they and these brands they're listening to these consumers oh 
I don't like the pump, or I think that if the if the formulation was less um, thick and a bit more watery, I would have I felt like it wouldn't stick and be as heavy on my skin. Cool. Six months they've released a new edition that is like has a less watery version or in a new packaging, and I just feel like that that listening to consumers mm-hmm. is it's a way that's shaping like the millennial market right now because <clears throat> people aren't really looking for you know the the brands to really shape what's in trend. We're looking at we have a voice now. We mm-hmm. want these type of products and I love the way that kind of market ecosystem works in Korea that's incredible (laughs) (laughs) so what would you say is the most important of his um part of his skincare routine to you okay uh oh 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 that's a tough one (laughs) so I have to pick one you can pick as many as you like okay so I've like literally sectioned it into four sections or you can kind of like (laughs) Three sections mainly. <laughs> so I would say cleanse, a thorough cleanse, um, a hydrate, a seal, like slash moisturize, and a protection. So if I break down you about that, cleansing, I feel like it's good to get off the, you know, polluting, product, like um, dirt and bacteria in your face. Yes. So a good cleanser is very important. So when you're going out into the day, all those bad toxins that lay on your face, it's good to like take them off in the evening and um, when you wake up as well. Um, a good, you know, your skin's all about hydration. So mm-hmm. sometimes when people have oily skin, it's because their skin is overproducing oils, thus they lack hydration. Mm-hmm. You know, when your skin is dry, your skin is, you know, crying for um, products that are hydrating. So I feel like a good, you know, toner or serum that can um, pack in that hydration into your skin without leaving it. Um, tight or, or heavy is a, is important and then I believe a really good moisturizer to seal that in people usually feel like moisturizers are the only thing that you would need but moisturizers a lot of a lot of the moisturizers on the market only work at sealing what you have done before they mm-hmm. kind of like act as like a top barrier um, and then I feel like the the hot topic of the of, of the year is sun protection you know mm-hmm. Like I would, I say this all the time. Um, cancer does not discriminate. So even though we're black, <laughs> we still need some protection, and I feel like it's so important. So um, yeah, I believe that getting that into your routine and getting that habit is really good for anti aging as well. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, those are the four I would kind of say. If anyone was going to start their routine and like where would they start, would be those four to look at. Get a really good cleanser, a really good toner. Um, and then slash a serum if you're feeling happy with yourself and then a good moisturizer and then during the day get a nice light SPF to put on I know that there's a common misconception about what you said about how black people can't get sunburns or their skin can't get um, damaged by the sun so thank you so much for clearing that up yeah, it's a big misconception. Which everyone's mm-hmm. like, oh, do I need sunscreen? I'm like, no, no. Look, well, you're buying this one right now before you leave <laughs> the shop. It's important because it's prevention is better than cure, I believe. Yeah. You know, we're, we're in um, the season of everyone just um, wanting to, you know, buy anti-aging products. But why don't you start using it before you get to the stage of where, oh, I've seen my first wrinkle or, oh, now I have hyperpigmentation. Just prevent it from happening prior. Mm-hmm. So I believe that sun protection is very important yeah i think um this is probably the question that everyone has wanted to ask someone like you do you believe everyone can have great skin or do you think that genetics play a big part in determining your screen quality oh 
that's a really good question. I believe that it's both. Yeah, definitely. You know, you people go through seasons and phases and go through periods in their life, like hormonal. Some people have amazing skin but always break out from hormonal acne. And regardless of what they do, they know, you know, as soon as their time of the month comes about or mm-hmm. they're pregnant, their skin changes and reacts accordingly. And that's a genetic thing. So there's nothing you can do about that. And for example, like um, under eye um, bags and, and dark circles, are a lot of the time genetic and can't be uh, reversed but can be reduced and the, the appearance of them can be reduced so I do believe that um, certain skin concerns are genetically based but you can aid and some of them are adopted through your lifestyle so what you eat how you live what you can you know how you just you put what you put out there what you could put on your face so all of that can play into into your skin as well so yeah there's those people who are like oh I drink three gallons of water a day and that's <laughs> what you should do and I use shave butter no like it's genetics but I do feel like you can aid your skin or help your skin get to the best possible way and best possible version of itself Mm -hmm. through skincare so you just talked about aiding your skin so can you share some of your insider secrets to maintaining beautiful skin oh wow I don't think my skin's not there yet (laughs) it looks like it is (laughs) It's, it's like, I guess when you you look at your own skin, you always see your own imperfections, I guess. Yeah. But um, I would say adopting those four methods, I, you know, I, I went from trying to do nothing to try and do so much. Like I tried to, you know, I, I like to use my face as a guinea pig. So I did the whole <laughs> 10 steps. I did, I went to just doing, you know, a wash and a moisturize. I just, I, I listened to my skin and how it felt and how it reacted. And I kind of, um, allowed that to kind of gear when I would add a new product or when I wouldn't and that's what I feel like the secret is is listening to your skin how does your skin feel 24 hours after applying this product or this you know similar what, or whatever and then I would only change one product in my routine at the time so I wouldn't be like okay I'm gonna buy it I'm gonna go to Boots or Sephora and do a shopping spree and then use all those products on my face at the same time because sometimes there's ingredients that clash and sometimes your skin is just trying to adjust to one product and you're piling another ingredient on top of it so I would only change one ingredient at a time and yeah and I feel like lifestyle is a big part of it I'm I'm moving slowly into the self-care space Mm -hmm. and just making sure that you eat well you know you take time and you, you you put yourself first and you do things that help you, you know, because I believe that whatever you're feeling internally will be projected externally. So just, you know, putting yourself first and, and, and self-care once in a while can really help. Mm-hmm. I agree. So yeah. between um, predominantly natural skincare and skincare that uses a lot of chemicals, what's your go-to? What do you mean? So like skincare that's natural versus chemical skincare? Yeah. Which one do I prefer? Yeah. Ooh. Um, I think it's a, an inch that the natural beauty debate is an interesting one. I believe that um, it's kind of debatable. It depends on what you mean by natural skincare. So I believe that um, natural skincare means like butters and and, 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 and natural oils yeah. that some that haven't been refined or preserved and stuff like that and yeah. sometimes that's great but a lot of them are com- comedogenic which means that a lot of them are clogging so and a lot of the times when you want to use natural raw materials like lemon and, and stuff like that straight on your face 
people don't know the implications Mm -hmm. so sometimes people use lemon because it has vitamin c in it vitamin c is really good for brightening and 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 buffing away dead skin cells um to reduce hyperpigmentation but then there's a lab you know that has taken the best part of the lemon out um and taken the vitamin c part and put it into an ingredient now using that raw lemon you're using you're also putting acids on your face and um the amount of acids in the lemon is the same that's in a battery in a car so oh. you're doing that so a lot of people are just doing these abrasive treatments mm-hmm. because they prefer quote-unquote natural beauty so i'm in two minds about it i believe that these um beauty chemists and cosmetic scientists and formulators have spent ages in the lab taking the best part of these raw natural ingredients to provide you the best skincare mm-hmm. so i'm i'm an advocate for more um skincare that's been developed innovated in the lab yeah. as opposed to just you know scooping up something from my garden and mushing it and putting it together but that can yeah. sometimes work i believe it's really great in body care mm-hmm. because your skin on your body is a lot thicker and it can adhere to a lot more but i believe in your face that try and error can be a, a bit dangerous and can cause permanent scarring so everyone really needs to do a lot of research before they start putting things on their skin Exactly. There was like a turmeric trend, apparently, and people were just putting turmeric on their face. Oh, but yes, turmeric I stains. Exactly. So you just have your face would be staining, and it's just it's it's a lot. So I believe that people should be very careful with what they choose to put on their face. And you were talking about how you are in support of like skincare that has been developed in the lab, and I noticed that I think you do some of that as well. Yes, so I'm currently in my second year studying cosmetic science. Mm, I forgot to say that in the beginning. She's also a cosmetic (laughs) scientist. Wow. It's 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 a lot, but yeah, it's really fun. Like I do, you know, I learn all about the formulations of products. You know, so we make from toners to moisturizers and um, all of that good stuff. We also learn about legislation, the market. So it's a really great course. I study at UAL, um, University of Arts London. So I just found that it was just great for this industry learning inside and out about skincare and cosmetics and mm-hmm. stuff. So I feel like it's more of like a very niche area of chemistry so you know you have chemistry would cover pharmaceuticals and then all kinds of drugs but this kind of focuses on the formulation and the science behind skincare and beauty so do you ever see yourself like making your own skincare products I wouldn't say I'm the best formulator <laughs> so I appreciate what's been formulated out there and I'm kind of like the person that really wants to find the best products so I believe that that's an area that I love. So maybe I'm not saying no, but I don't feel like I'm there yet. And I respect these people who spent 10 years developing a crazy eye cream and crazy mm-hmm. moisturizer. So yeah, I'm looking for those and the next big thing as opposed to maybe creating my own skincare. Mm-hmm. I also wanted to ask, is Skin Library unisex? Yes. it's So the whole idea of Skin Library is like... <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> I feel like skincare, the market is so, um, I feel like it's so targeted towards women and women of a certain age, so like millennial women, mm-hmm. uh, working women, because those are the ones who are working, have the most purchasing power. And I feel like that ch- kind of needs to change mm-hmm. because obviously skincare and your skin is like not so only, only like women um, 
are the ones that need skincare. I feel like that that message needs to change. Mm-hmm. You know, we all have skin essentially, mm-hmm. and opening that as well. And the whole idea of like skin library in its name is that a library is meant to be an inclusive space. You know, you can go into a library no matter who you are, where you are, and it's an open building you know you're not turned away so it's kind of like this is an exclusive an inclusive space where you can come learn more about your skin and it's for you no matter how you look yeah because i noticed that a lot of males feel as though skincare is feminine yes that is a big trend that needs to change Mm -hmm. but i feel like it's the way skincare has only been marketed um to women so It's, it's more of a like an, a history thing you know that it was seen that women need to take care of their skin and men need to look rugged thus more masculine <laughs> and i think those, those gender barriers and roles are changing so i feel like there are there are really great brands targeted to men um bulls and harry's bar like those are really good um brands that are literally skincare brands focused on men and i think that's really good that's changing up the market okay so now guys have really good um products to focus on and it's not too much because like men it's getting them to now actually use skincare but if you tell them oh use 10 steps that they're just gonna run away <laughs> so they've literally got like a really good face wash yeah. serum and like a really good moisturizer with good spf in it so it's like hybrid products mm-hmm. and i think that's really really good in the future of skincare as well yeah definitely Okay, so moving into your photography career, what got you into it? And are you self-taught? I'm self-taught, yes. It was from trial and error. I did it in my GCSEs um, because I had, that was the only block left and I didn't want to do art. So <laughs> I chose that and I thought it was quite interesting. And um, looking at visual art as a form of outlet to express yourself, I just found really cool. Um Using that, I, I use that as an excuse for my mom to buy me a camera, and she did. So <laughs> I got practicing, tried loads of things, techniques, and just fell into it. Um, I had a friend who knew a promoter who was doing sh- um, shows for like new artists. So I would go um, and do like behind the scenes, and I would be in the mosh pit with all these like reporter photographers who would be pushing me left and right and I was like okay I don't want to do music photography but this was really good because I feel like when you try different styles you learn what you like and you work under pressure as well Um, and then once you're in the industry you kind of meet new people vibe with new people so I got to move into photography I mean photography sorry fashion photography and I really loved that Um, and I, I just felt for that was the side of photography I felt like I could express myself more um, and I gravitated to portrait as well, but it was from trial and error. I did landscape photography, a bit of photography. I did so much, and I was like, okay, yeah, this is what I want to do. So that's kind of how it came to be. And I, every opportunity I've gotten given is, I feel like it's just been from me just putting myself out there and trying new things. I've always been, I've always had imposter syndrome in those places, in those situations, but yeah. I've pushed myself forward and I've, I've gotten great things out of it. So how what tips would you recommend for other photographers that are struggling to find their own niche? Mm, I'd say try everything. 
-hmm. it took me a while to solidify what I liked but it's because I did music photography you look at those music photographers you get these sickest shots at a festival and you're thinking oh my gosh I want to do that I want to get that shot of like whiskey throwing water into the crowd (laughs) and then you do it and to get that shot you're crying like you're sweating (laughs) and I was like I'm not doing that again like I don't want to do this or you think like fashion photography is really great and you want to do an editorial but you're doing 12 hours on one shoot just to get that one shot if people don't have that you know endurance and that's maybe not for you or street photography but you don't you don't have the confidence to talk to people and ask them can I take your picture and you can't take rejection then that may be not something that you would want to do so it's kind of looking at and trying different styles and and picking yourself up when it's like, oh, I don't like this, and trying something new to kind of find that niche. There's so many styles of it and genres of photography. Um, it's just about picking and finding the right one and just keep on going. Yeah. And this is what I was talking about in the beginning, how we, the consumers, actually do not know the effort that goes in behind the work because you just told me that it's possible to spend 12 hours on an editorial shoot and I would see the picture and like it and that wouldn't even occur to me at any point mm, mm, mm. that's so true I, I feel I, I even myself I do it today it's because of like the way we are as consumers mm-hmm. we just take things in so passively but there's sometimes a lot of the time there's loads of work that goes behind it yeah. yeah so would you say that anything pushed you like what was your biggest inspiration or who was your biggest inspiration oh I guess I was inspired by where I could see myself. The more I learned about the history of photography and what drove the visual artists who made impactful movements in photography, I was like, I'm inspired to do that. I did the, you know, cliche things, just the normal stuff, just to get through, just to self, like to self-teach myself essentially. And I just was like, okay, let me get to this point and then I can just excel and do the work that I feel like best expresses who I am or what I feel like I want to tell the world so that's how I was you know just working more I was inspired by myself if that makes sense yeah it does and then moving on to writing as well would you say that it energizes or exhausts you it it makes me feel anxious (laughs) um I would always say I was more into science than I was into humanities so I preferred like just maths and analytical data as opposed to like qualitative work mm-hmm. um and I feel like that I struggled with writing and the only reason I began writing with Galdem if I'm really honest was to be able to shoot the people that I wrote for mm-hmm. so I was like if I it's like one for one so I was like oh they're like I said, oh, I'd really like to shoot for um, Snoochie Shai. She's a really cool DJ. I love her mixes. And they were like, yeah, if you could write a piece on it, then sure. And I was like, ah, really? <laughs> I, I have to write a piece? Wonderful. I was like, okay. So, legit. So I was like, okay, maybe I could just double up. And then I got imposter syndrome. I was like, I've never wrote before. But then learning that, learning the editing process, learning how publication is run really helped me approach the next one and approach the next one. And that's what I really liked about it. I, I stepped out of my comfort zone for that. I wouldn't say it's my forte, but <laughs> it's something that when I feel like something needs to be said in yeah. a certain uh, genre or like certain type, you know, feel something that I want to talk about. I'm not yeah. afraid to, to get on it and, and, and to, um, um, send a pitch out to, to a publication. 
I think it's great, really, how you've doubled in basically everything and you found yeah. what you like and what you don't like. Because I think that's something that we all need to do, actually. Because if you don't try, you'll never know the um, results, whether you might love it and it might be the passion for your rest of your life or not. So exactly. I know it's and very I, scary to try new things. Mm, exactly and my mom's a big advocate for that she's like you know why don't you just try it you know she's always like the worst someone can say is no for anything that you do you know the worst you can do is fail you can just pick yourself up and and keep going and I feel like I'd hate to have regrets so I'm always like let me try this let me see if I've liked it some of the best things you know I've loved and 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 and, um I've tried and and done and been scared to do have been the stuff that I've been most rewarding so I'm an advocate of just trying new things and not letting anything hold Mm -hmm. you back and one of my favorite quotes is rejection is redirection we should Mm. really never forget that that's you I'm I'm stealing that (laughs) (laughs) rejection is redirection yeah that's true Mm mm-hmm so unfortunately we've actually come to the end of the episode but i have one more question for you which i like to ask all my creators and it is what do you have to say to anyone that wants to enter the same industry as you what do you think you could have avoided and like generally what tips do you have for them don't let people undermine your talent a lot of people know you're new you haven't got experience but yeah. if you're talented you're talented full stop so okay. don't let people try and use that to to exploit you because a lot of people exploit people in this industry so it's about just being confident in who you are you know and build a team of people um around you who do similar things are also creatives you know and and are not afraid to 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 speak out as well so you can always ask each other you know what would you do in this situation and what would you do in that situation because I feel like it's good to have a really good connected um tribe around your people yeah. and I would just believe like you know you I've, I always remember the saying that Michelle Obama made um when she was like you always feel like you're when you're at the smartest table you'll be like the dumbest person there mm-hmm. but you realize not everyone is that smart so you just literally it's just like faking it till you make it just keep going because you just have to try to know how to do it better next time mm-hmm. i just say always try and never just feel like you can't do it yeah thank you so much for that no worries thank you for having me it was really <laughs> it was nice my pleasure. i just it's such a great podcast because I'm like a big advocate oh, for podcasts. You. I have like 20 on, rota- like on repeat right now. <laughs> so I feel like it's good to have a podcast out there for creators, especially new so places much. coming up. Thank you. And also, I don't know about you guys, the listeners, but as soon as I can, I'm going to go and get myself some skin library. <laughs> so. Yay! I'll put the links. I'll put the links to your socials and the socials of Skin Library in the bio. Thank you so much again for joining me today. Thank you guys so much for listening. My name is Chidera Razlike, and I hope you come back to hear from me again. <laughs>